Welcome to the Lagan Valley Vineyard Podcast. We are a community passionate about seeing Lagan Valley filled with the presence and the teachings of Jesus. If you would like to connect with us or if we can help you in any way, please visit our website, laganvalleyvineyard.com. Happy New Year. It's so good to see you guys. You're so welcome. If you're a guest or a visitor, uh, it's not the year of stripping, but it is warm up here. Here. <laughs> Sorry. Um, if that said, make a joke. I don't know. I've only got bad cracker jokes. And uh, everyone knows if you tell cracker jokes in January, uh, you get struck down by God. Um, so, um, <clears throat> um, so I'm not going to tell you any bad cracker jokes. Sorry about that. Um, and I don't have any other jokes, so that, that's all I have to say about jokes today. Uh, if you are joining us online, shame on you for not getting out of bed. Um, everybody else made an effort, you didn't. Uh, so um, there's that. I'm just kidding, kind of. You're, uh, it's better than, I don't know, Netflix, but um, yeah. Um, next week, guys, we are back to two services. We should say that in Culture and Info. So 9.30, 11.30 from uh, next Sunday. And we're going to be starting a series in Isaiah 61. I don't know why we've never done this for 10 years. It's kind of only the most important passage of Scripture to this community, but we've never actually taught it. Um, and so we're going to be journeying through Isaiah 61 for the next six or eight weeks, uh, starting next Sunday. So we'd love you to join us for that, half nine and half 11. <clears throat> New Year's Day feels kind of like a Monday for me. I don't know about you, but it's kind of like that sort of reset moment. And uh, you get to, I guess, let go of everything that didn't work last week or last year and full of um, maybe perhaps naive hope and expectation. Try to see something different this year. Any of you end of New Year's resolutions, just lift. I'm not going to ask you what they are. I've tried that before and you all said absolutely nothing. You were too embarrassed. So, but just wave at me if you've made a New Year's resolution. Do you know what this is? Uh, this is uh, maturity in Northern Ireland where we go, what's the point? I'm not going to do it anyway. Like, that's kind of how it works, right? We go, we kind of, <clears throat> our kids are really into New Year's resolutions. Dana actually does a whole exercise where New Year's Eve we get worksheets and she collects them all in. And then, this is true, you get actual worksheets and then on New Year's Eve you read last year's worksheet. And I don't know what was happening in our lives in New Year's Eve 2022, um, no, 2021, but I didn't write anything down. I just obviously protested. <laughs> I got a blank sheet and was told I had to scribble out two and write three and do it properly this year. Um, um, I'm not great at New Year's resolutions. Actually, my wife is brilliant at New Year's resolutions, not just at making them, but actually keeping them. And that, that I know, like any of you that are bad at New Year's resolutions, talk to Dana. She has New Year's resolution secrets. Um, but I, I wonder, as you look into 2023, and maybe you're thinking, Andy, that's next week's question because we're still sort of in the post-Turkey malaise but I wonder as you look into 2023, how are you feeling about it? I wonder what's in your kind of head and heart as you think about the year ahead. I, I spent some, last, uh, some time last week just reflecting on uh, the year gone by and the year coming and what I'm kind of hopeful for in this year ahead. And you know what's really funny? Like, um, and I don't know if this is kind of a post-COVID, post covid post 2022 kind of thing where like I really struggled to figure out 
what I should be kind of feeling for this year ahead. I think, if we're honest, that the last couple of years have knocked a fair bit of our confidence out of us as a society around things like stability and prosperity. And um, uh, sociologists would tell us that for the first time in about 40 years, if you survey teenagers and ask them, do they think they're going to have a better life than their parents? The answer is now no. That there's something about the last 10 or 15 years of, of chaos, of permacrisis, that has kind of affected how we move into these spaces. And it's no surprise to me that most of you are going, I'm not making any New Year's resolutions. Because if you're a thinking person, the one thing you know about 2023 is that things are going to happen this year that we can't plan for or we don't expect. Everybody does it. I love reading journalists' predictions on here's the five things that are going to happen in politics this year. They're almost never even close to correct. And yet we have this precious, sacred even moment together while this new year is still in its infancy, looking together into all of the uncertainty all of the fear, all of the hope, all of the possibility of a new year unfolding in front of us. And the most important question perhaps we can ask in this moment, in reality any moment, is how then shall we live? In light of everything that's going on around us, in light of all of the uncertainty, in, in light of all of the predictions, in light of all of your hopes and your fears, your doubts, all of the stuff that you carry around with you and your families and in your communities all the time, how then shall we live? There's a quote from an American author, Annie Dillard, that has shaped many of us in this community, and she says this. She says, how we spend our days is, of course, how we spend our lives. This is one of those quotes that's equal parts annoying as it is inspiring, isn't it? Because like, it's amazing to have New Year's resolutions that have no real impact on tomorrow. Like things that we long for, hope for, things that we would love to change, but things that we don't actually want to take responsibility for and do anything about. And Annie Diller's quote cuts right to the heart of the problem with New Year's resolutions is they're more like New Year's aspirations. There are things that we would love to change, but that we don't actually want to do any work for. At least that's my approach to New Year's resolutions. Things that I hope would be different, but things that I'm not actually going to plan or work out or do things tomorrow that are going to enable them to be different. The question, perhaps, that's much more important than what are you hoping for this year is what are you going to prioritize tomorrow? What's going to be important to you in the morning and the morning after that? Because, of course, that is what your life is. I want us to look together really briefly at a passage of scripture that my hope and prayer is that it would mark us as a community this year. In your black Bibles, it's uh, Psalm 84, page 406 uh, in your black Bibles. Psalm 84, I'll give you a moment to, to go there. Page 406. This is uh, Psalm 84, come Holy Spirit. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, 
even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may have her young, a place near your altar. Lord Almighty, my King and my God, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Hear my prayer, Lord God Almighty. Listen to me, God of Jacob. Look on our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than dwell in the tents of the wicked, for the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose way of life is blameless. Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Father, we thank you that you are a speaking God. And on this New Year's Day, we humbly pray, come, speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints for you. I wonder how true is that for you? My soul yearns or even faints for you. I'm not going to ask you for a show of hands. Don't panic. My suspicion is that for many of us, our souls don't really yearn for that much. Maybe some sleep um, or a bit of predictability in world events. One of the saddest things I observe in our culture is um, often we think that passion and maturity move in opposite directions. We speak dismissively about the passion of youth, that those of us that are inflamed with all kinds of different passions that, well, you know, life will sort that out. And actually, the wise among us are the cynical and the suspicious, those who don't get kind of swept up in any sort of euphoric hype or those sorts of silly things. But what if that wasn't true? What if actually maturity was measured by passion? That the more mature we get or are supposed to become, the more passionate we get. I wonder what would your life look like with passion reawakened? I I spent a fair bit of time in 2021 in counseling. And one of the things that was concerning me in some of those conversations uh, was this sense of lost passion. Had I, had I lost it? Was I no longer passionate? For any of you who've known me for a long time, um, passionate is often a word that's used to describe me, no matter what I'm talking about. It could be the weather, it could be dogs, it could be mountains, um, 
any number of things. It's hard for me to, you know, if, if I'm talking about it, it's usually because I'm interested about it, which usually comes out passionately. And if I'm quiet, it's usually because I don't care what we're talking about. Um, just being honest. And as I kind of journeyed through some counseling and was reflecting on this kind of sense of dislocation that I was like, Flip, is this, have I like, have I lost it? Is this, what, is this what burnout is? Is that, what, is that what's happened to me? And I realized through uh, some of these conversations that I was confusing passion with excitement. That, that it wasn't necessarily that I had become less passionate, but life definitely had become a little less exciting. Whenever I was 21, I moved to Los Angeles. I fell in love. A um, couple of years later, I got married. We started this church. We had children. It was, it was a wild kind of 10 years from about 25 to 35 was completely bonkers. I wouldn't necessarily recommend it to many. My life in some ways, post-35, it had become less exciting. We'd, we'd finished the house. The kids weren't in that kind of, well, they still are in a chaotic stage, but it wasn't as chaotic. Church was here, like I mean, there's all sorts of problems. You're here, but um, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Totally joking. Uh, but the question of, is this going to work, was answered. All of the kind of crazy roller coaster of establishing a new community of faith, that was done. And now we were left with kind of the long, slow work of maturity and health. None of that was all that exciting. And yet as we talked, me and this counselor, about what passion actually is. Passion is what you would suffer for. And and I realized that actually I have more passion. There are more things in my life that I would pay a tremendous cost for than there were 10 years ago. It just doesn't quite feel like the roller coaster. And when I observe young adults, and I'm nearly 40, and some of my friends that are hitting that sort of stage, this thing happens where people go, this doesn't feel that exciting. In fact, it feels like there's responsibility everywhere. And yet, there's a deeper sense of passion than perhaps we ever had before. And I think it's really important for us to see these things clearly because otherwise you can feel like you're doing it wrong or you look at other people whose lives look like they're full of excitement and you think that looks easier and maybe it is, but I don't think it's as meaningful. The psalmist says, my heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Now, when we think about our families or our friends or our community, I I think there's plenty of us that would be first in line to say, I will pay a price to see that thing flourish. But what about your life with Jesus? My heart and my flesh cry out. What would it look like 
for the passion you have for your spouse or your kids or for the place that you work? What would it look like if that level of passion was pointed at your pursuit of Jesus? How we spend our days is how we spend our lives. And this psalm I find so provocative as the psalmist reflects on a life that is focused on, driven to, passionate for the presence of God. Whatever else you're to spend your days doing this year, my hope and prayer is that worship would be at the center of those days. That a life shaped by Jesus is a life that's spent with Jesus and that starts in this moment and tomorrow morning and the morning after that. My hope and prayer for us as a community is that 2023 would be a year of passion. That we would step deeper and deeper and deeper into a life, not of roller coaster excitement, but of deep, committed, lifelong passion. The psalmist goes on in verse five, blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. That verse just hit me like a ton of bricks last week, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. I love this verse. I love that in this psalm, whilst this psalmist is obviously passionate about worship and ordering his life around the presence of God, he says there's more than just worship. There's more than just that. Blessed are those whose strength is in God, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. This verse doesn't make sense to many of our understanding of the gospel because typically we've got a gospel of arrival. Where are you going when you die? Is eternity secured for you? And th- those are good questions. They're important questions. I- I'm not trying to dismiss those questions, but this verse is suggesting our hearts are set on something else. Our hearts are set on pilgrimage. This psalm would seem to suggest that journey is more important than destination. That's a total um, shift in paradigm for me. I'm kind of a destination sort of person, and I live with Little people who are constantly asking, when will we get there? When will we get there? Certainly in this community and the little journey we've been on around buildings, I find that really challenging. Because for me, I'm a when will we get there kind of person. And another 10 years of rented building wasn't that exciting for me. I want to fast forward to the when will we get there? And yet... The psalmist says, blessed are those whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. When we as followers of Jesus understand that journey is at least as important as destination, if not more, we understand more of the richness of the gospel. You see, the gospel is about embracing the adventure of life with God. That is what the gospel is about. Embracing the adventure of life with God. Not treating God like a cosmic vending machine that when we pray our prayers and pull the lever, then everything else works out. And our lives and our families and our jobs and our communities arrive at the destination of whatever it is that we're longing for. There is a richness of real life 
with God that we discover when our hearts are set, not on the destination, but on the journey. Mountaintops are great, but nothing grows there. The valley is where life is. The valley is where life is. I bought Dana uh, an ancient uh, devotional for for Christmas this year called The Valley of Vision. And this is uh, an ancient prayer recorded in the first few pages of that book. It says this, Lord, high and holy, meek and lowly, thou hast brought me to the valley of vision where I live in the depths but see thee in the heights. Hemmed in by mountains of sin, I behold thy glory. Let me learn by paradox that the way down is the way up, that to be low is to be high, that the broken heart is the healed heart, that the contrite spirit is the rejoicing spirit, that the repenting soul is the victorious soul, that to have nothing is to possess all, that to bear the cross is to wear the crown, that to give is to receive, that the valley is the place of vision. Lord, in the daytime, stars can be seen from deepest wells, and the deeper the wells, the brighter thy stars shine. Let me find thy light in my darkness, thy life in my death, thy joy in my sorrow, thy grace in my sin, thy riches in my poverty, thy glory in my valley. When our hearts are set on pilgrimage, on journey, it reframes us when things don't quite go according to plan. And here's what I know. Things are going to happen in your life this year that you wouldn't plan. Things are going to happen in our community this year that we would not plan. And it's those whose hearts are set on pilgrimage that have a spirituality that can stand up to the storms of life because we understand that the gospel calls us to embrace a life of adventure with God. The highs and the lows. Friends, this year, may you embrace that adventure and may you find your heart set on pilgrimage. And then finally, this great psalm finishes with the verse, Lord Almighty, blessed is the one who trusts in you. Blessed is the one who trusts in you. You see, a life that goes according to plan is a life that requires no trust. So here's a question for all of us. Would you rather live a life that requires you to trust in God or not? (laughs) Maybe a slightly more provocative question is how many of you want to be blessed by God? See, we all want the blessing of God, but we don't understand that the blessing of God is a life that requires trust in Him. And a life that requires trust in Him, I guarantee you, is a life that you have not planned. Situations and circumstances that you would not choose are what give you the opportunity to exercise trust. 
And the psalmist says, blessed, blessed is the person who trusts in God. I wonder as you move into 2023, what is your trust in? What's your trust actually in? Bank balances, jobs, it can no longer be in economic security or political stability. What are we trusting in? Blessed is the one who trusts in the only one who can be trusted. As we begin this brand new year, as we as a church family think about what we are going to prioritize in 2023, what our resolutions are, what your every day will be that will inevitably become your life, my prayer for us is that our days would be spent in passionate worship on the pilgrim's path of life with God, learning to trust him in the highs and the lows of it all. James and Hannah, will you join me? The guys have a a new song for us on this New Year's Day. It's basically a a declaration, a prayer that we're going to make room for Jesus. And I want to invite you as you reflect on passionate worship, heart set on pilgrimage, and trusting in God of where this all begins, which is us individually and corporately making a public proclamation that Jesus, this year we're gonna make room. We're gonna make room. We're gonna make room in this moment. We're gonna make room in our mornings. We're gonna make room in our evenings. We're gonna make room in our lives because we know how we spend our lives is how, how we spend our days, is how we spend our lives. If you're able, will you stand? Come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. Lord, in this moment, we invite you to reawaken passion in our lives. Would you awaken passion for you again? Lord, we ask that you would set our hearts on journey, on pilgrimage. Would you give us vision in the valley And Lord, we pray that you would impart trust to us. 
Help us to trust you, we pray. Um, in this thing we do um, hopefully it's, it's all helpful but sometimes I just feel like the Lord puts his finger on something and um, highlights it as a, as a word not just for us as individuals but for us as a people um, blessed are those whose strength is in you whose hearts are set on pilgrimage And I know there are lots of you in the room who, if you're honest, you'd say your life doesn't look how you would design it. <clears throat> things have happened of late or you're moving into things and you're like, Flip, this, is, this is not how I thought I was going to start a new year. And that, that word, blessed, are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. The reality is, you're not going to stay here. The um, opposite, unfortunately, is also true. Some of you find yourself on this New Year's Day going, life is really good right now. <laughs> and the truth is, you're not staying here either. <laughs> but I, I feel like this is a moment for us, a bit of a holy moment on this New Year's Day to set our hearts on the journey not on the destination not on the unknown not even on the hopes but to set our hearts on the journey to say that this year we're going to commit to the journey we're going to commit to the unknown we're going to commit to the stepping out we're going to commit to the day at a time one foot in front of the other and I would love to um, mark this moment together come Holy Spirit and set our hearts on pilgrimage Almighty God in this moment in this New Year's Day 2023 we set our hearts on the journey we repent from our addiction to destination. Come, set our hearts on the journey. Let faith, hope, and love be within us and around us. this year and forevermore we pray. Amen.